welcome back to Not Another Poem. Now it's been a while, it has been a long old time. Apologies um, to the faithful listener. It has been just a rotten couple of months. It really has. Um, But I'm very excited to be back, um, ready to share a few poems with you. And thank you very, very much for bearing with me. Now, I say it's been a rough couple of months in my personal life, but in the world of poetry, it has been on absolute top form. I've had an amazing time at some truly fantastic events starting off with the international dublin writers festival i still can't believe that that happened to be honest and that i was one of their speakers and the whole weekend it really is just what we needed i went with my mum and we just had the most amazing time I've never been to Dublin before and it was really cool to explore the city. I mean, it rained literally the the whole week. The whole weekend was downpour. I mean, kind of expected it, but at the same time, like it was it was insane. We got absolutely soaked through every time we walked out the door. But we had a lot of fun. We visited some of the cool pubs, we went to some of the museums. The, the Chester Beatty um, Museum we absolutely loved. If anyone visits, highly recommend there. We went to some nice cafes and just had a, a really lovely city break. I'm not usually a city break kind of person. Um, I, prefer, I prefer the mountains, prefer the outdoors. But honestly, we had the best time. And then the festival itself just couldn't have asked for more. Um, I found it nerve-wracking going into a room of people who, to be honest, have probably never heard of me, don't know any of my work. And I feel that that happens sometimes at gigs back at home. But you've always got that kind of the vibe of, oh, but it's it's our lass from Down Road, so we'll support her. There's that kind of um, underlying support that I'm local, yet going... Um, I guess, yeah, internationally. <laughs> um, and there were a lot of Americans there as well. Um, really cool audience, really mixed group of people. And yeah, like I said, I couldn't have asked for better because it was so well received. And I didn't expect people to laugh as hard as they laughed and to kind of head nod as much as they were head nodding and had some just really lovely feedback afterwards. And it was really the confidence boost that I needed. And the lesson learned from the whole experience, to be honest, is to just put yourself out there. And I think kind of take opportunities when they come, because I would have never expected this. I I really wouldn't. And yeah, just speaking back over it, can't believe it's happened. So glad it did. And yeah just put yourself out there and that to be honest brings me on to the theme of today's episode of writer's block and I think that's I've got a few pieces of advice here really and the advice kind of goes down different avenues and one of the pieces of advice for when you're struggling with writer's block like I said just then putting yourself out there and it's the same with writing Sometimes you need that push. 
even when you're not feeling so inspired of just writing anything um just getting anything down on the page I went to university it seems a long time ago now no that makes me sound really old it wasn't that long ago was it it was 10 years 10 years um 10 years ago I was at university doing my uh degree in drama and creative writing it was a three-year course and bearing in mind each year was nine thousand pounds Twenty-seven thousand pounds, which is disgusting, to be honest. But um, <laughs> don't want to get um political here. But uh, anyway, a lot of money, which I'll probably never pay back. Um, anywho, um, and yeah, okay. I don't want to slate the course too much, but I will say, in all that time, there really was one thing that really stuck with me. Really stuck with me. And I'm going to share it with you now. So here is your £27,000 piece of advice. And this was from one of our tutors. She actually did the playwriting module um, called Poppy. And she said, you've got to have the ugly baby. And by this, (laughs) she means you've just got to get it out. (laughs) You've got to have the ugly baby yes it will be ugly but you can clean it up later and she's referring to writing that you've just got to get something out and it doesn't matter if it's ugly if it's gross if it's naff because you can clean it up later but it's got to come out so maybe if you're struggling with your writing you can just give that a go kind of have that mentality of you don't have to show anyone this and it's fine that it's ugly but even just writing a couple of ugly sentences might get you over that hurdle of that kind of block the blockage feeling so very nice advice from poppy there from from university and i do take that on board quite a lot in my day-to-day however through this process of the last few years and you know writing a lot of poetry myself I will of course have times of feeling like I've got no inspiration or feeling like I don't want to write and from living through that I've actually learnt a kind of a different way of coping with that as well sometimes you don't have to force anything and you can go down the acceptance route and just accept that I am not going to create anything or write anything in this time, but just know deep down that it will come back. And rather than beating yourself up or thinking, oh, why can't I write anything? Why aren't? Why am I not inspired? Instead, just see it as a time to live and a time to enjoy other things. You know, going out, exploring, spending time with friends, doing fun things just literally living that in itself without even trying that will create inspiration and you've kind of just got to trust in that and it's quite a nice feeling to think that even when you are having fun or doing like things that seem totally unrelated to creativity or poetry it will all it will all be worth it and I mean it's fun anyway so of course it's worth it but 
it will all add to the bigger picture and it will make you a better writer. So I realised I've been chatting away and haven't yet shared a single poem. So now's the time. And just on with that, thinking about living your life and just being yourself and trusting the process that the poetry will come. I want to share this poem with you. You may have heard this one before, but I feel it's quite relevant for today. And it's called Go For It. It is in my latest book, 1037. Poetry is something special. Poetry is unique. The huddle of words waiting to be heard. We write, we read, we speak. Poetry is the untold story, already on the tip of your tongue. Get out of your head what the world's already said. You're too stupid. You're too old. You're too young. You're too ugly, you're too beautiful, you're too rich, you're too poor. You're too different, you're not different enough, we're looking for something more. But what you have is all that you need, you don't need anything else to show. There's no master key to poetry, so just write what you already know. I quite often use that poem as a little introduction to when I do a, a gig or a set of poems sometimes. And it's a, yeah, words really close to my heart because I truly believe that you need to write from your experience. You need to write as you, not as anyone else, not not trying too hard, not trying to, to copy someone. You know, the poetry comes from that real you. So at the Dublin Writers' Festival, I had a a slot on the Saturday and it was kind of um, put in the programme like it was a talk. I guess it was a talk. My talk was called The Power of Poetry. And basically, I just shared my love of poetry, how I came to write and what inspires me and my journey and how I got published. And then, of course, I shared some poems and afterwards, the guy who runs the festival um, asked me who I'd come with or if I'd come with anyone. Um, and I said my mum. And the thing is, there was a, a dinner, a, an awards dinner that evening, which I'd been offered a place for. And I'd been asked to read a few poems in between the main course and the dessert. And I'd just planned to go alone, to be honest, because my mum wasn't really part of the festival. She was just joining me. And this lovely man, Lawrence, who um, who ran the festival, he was just like, oh, bring your mommy along. It'll be grand. Can't wait to meet your mommy. So um, that was really great. And mum sat on the table with us. And mum can be quite shy sometimes. But oh, I was so proud of her. She was chatting to everyone. And to be honest, I think mum um, was like more in demand than I was on the evening because everyone was like, oh are you Olivia's mommy and they all wanted to chat to her um so that was really cool really fun um and then the next festival I wanted to chat to you about was the Rip and Poetry Festival that's just been and I was helping a bit more behind the scenes with this one and I'd been one of the judges for the children's anthology launch which is a poetry competition and the winning poems get printed into a book and 
oh, it was so sweet seeing the, the kids get up on stage and read their poem and oh, they did it so beautifully and they were just so tiny and it made me really excited. You know, some really strong poems. It made me really excited thinking about the writers of the future and kind of being amongst them. Uh, The girl who won the 12 to 18 category, her poem was literally phenomenal. Um, I'm going to read it to you now. I hadn't planned this, but yeah, let's read it. So yeah, this is um, in the 12 to 18 category. Her name is Junji Bairstow, who won first prize. And I was one of the three judges um, who awarded her this first prize. And honestly, remember that name, Junji Bairstow, because I swear she is um, going to get recognised in the future. I hope she does anyway. She's so talented for such a young person. And her poem is called A Collection of Constellations. Collections of constellations reflect down on interstellar tides, exposed and raw to the eye. Webbing celestial bodies rest in numerous nurseries, post-collapse. The star-born spiders are tired of replicating this pattern. It will never live up to their memory of home. As the tides crash up and over their delicate creations, rendering them helpless and crestfallen, left to die by the jaws of a winged beast, although for a minding moment it may feel like flying. Only for a vixen to carry the beast to her young, etching idle paw prints upon the woodland ground. The warmth of the bird's mouth seems almost comforting, the passing floras painting pictures of hope. As eight earths gaze back at the spider, she realises she has been reborn into the very thing she once was. She is home within a collection of constellations. Junji Bairstow. Remember that name, okay? (laughs) Just amazing. And then another really cool part of the festival was the headline act was Michael Rosen and his latest book, The Advantages of Nearly Dying, was inspired by his covid experience he got so so poorly he he almost died he was in a coma for 40 days and 40 nights um which to be honest he told the story in a hilarious way because he was saying about these 40 days and 40 nights and he was like how biblical and he's such a funny guy and so obviously such a talent he's had an amazing career it was very cool to meet him hear his stories and here is more personal stories and he's you know he's a real performer so it was a very entertaining evening and then i had the very fun job of taking him back to the station um his train back to london was about 10 o'clock at night and yeah that was quite cool for me to to chat to him and you know he was really really lovely so it was a very fun experience it was an experience because he hadn't eaten since midday, so I took him to Aldi to buy a sandwich. <laughs> um, oh, the high life. And then uh, as we were going, the rain was pouring down sideways and uh, 
in my little mini and then this warning light switched on so then I thought god now what carried on don't know what that was um I'll have to get James to fix it and uh anywho got to the station pretty early but all the trains were being delayed and even though it said his 10 o'clock train was running on time we were there at 9 30 and the 6 30 was only just pulling in so he said I'm gonna get on this one and uh it was like I was his mother or something waving him off at at the, at the platform and I was thinking are you sure you're gonna get on this one and he said yes and I had to respect that because he is an adult but it just felt wrong putting Michael Rosen on the wrong train and I could hear the director of the festival in my head saying you had one job um and yeah <laughs> I put him on the wrong train and just as we were departing had a copy of poems on the gatepost under my armpit and then I got a bit of a bit of nerves a bit starstruck and I thought oh no I'm not gonna do it I'm not gonna do it and then something inside me was like do it and I just gave him a copy of my book very awkwardly and was like there you go in case you get bored on the train (laughs) and um yeah cringing inside um maybe he'll read it Maybe he won't, but um, yeah, that was Michael Rosen. Very fun. Speaking of the old poems on the gatepost, I've got a poem to read for you. And it's based on the theme of writer's block. And I hope you enjoy. It is called Confession. Confession. I murdered a poem. Brutally. But it was already dead when I strangled scrunched, buried it in the bin, suffocated with yoghurt pots and yesterday's rice pudding tin that should have been recycled. But it didn't deserve to be recycled. It didn't deserve the time. It mocked rhythm and insight and it didn't even... What's that word? Rhyme. I hoped the ball of litter would thud and smash into the bin, like a heavy ornament breaking, killing poetic sin. Instead, it flew gracefully, like a dandelion sphere blown by a child, a snowflake handmade by lilac clouds, like origami in the wild. I killed a poem that was already dead, and the death was quite pathetic, but the act of killing an atrocious poem somehow became poetic. Then yes, apart from the two poetry festivals I've been babbling on about the other thing I've been up to is I've been to a couple of weddings and I've shared uh, a poem at each of those as well for the bride and groom and I just love doing that I chat to them before and gather lots of information like the the little details about them as a couple and how they met and all their funny quirks and then I just love kind of like a little patchwork quilt, putting it together uh, into a poem for them and, and sharing it uh, with them. And it's just a lovely experience. And if anyone is listening and is after a bespoke poem for a certain occasion, um, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, you can email me poet at oliviamulligan.com and we can work something out.
continuing with my means of contact, uh, please check out my Facebook, Olivia Mulligan Poetry, or Instagram, Liv Mulligan Poet. And I, yeah, pop a few poems, videos, um, little bits on there if you'd like to follow along. And just thank you so much for listening. And if you have a friend that you think might like this podcast too, if you could please share it with them and give it a, a little like and review, that would mean the world. So I'm going to finish with final poem here called Write Something, Anything. One doesn't need war wounds or love letters in lockets. One doesn't need certificates or money in one's pocket. If you can see light in the dark and sculpt shapes with the light, if you can play with possibilities, you can certainly write. You do not have to be right to write, and you do not have to be heard. Paint words to ponder, to discover, to be incorrectly absurd. Or correctly absurd, if that's what you choose. Write with your heart, your stomach, write with nothing to lose. One doesn't need approval or heavy intellect. We write to taste life twice, taste the moment, taste retrospect. Let's write to taste life twice, in poetry and in prose. To survive, we must share stories. So let's see how our story goes. <laughs>